0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. If you Take your Bibles, please. I'm going to ask you to turn to a passage that we will get to in a little while, Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57, and we'll be looking at that 15th Verse. This morning's message is going to be a little different. As you know, I am burdened to be an expository preacher to declare what God says. It doesn't matter what I think, what I say, unless it agrees with what God says and what he's given me from his word. Uh, But at the end of the year, it's always a blessing to be reminded of testimonies. In fact, many churches at the end of a year will have a testimony service. And I'm going to share a testimony that really will be the backdrop uh, for the message uh, that we will consider today. In 2000, as the world entered a new millennium, the word eternity illuminated the Harbor Bridge in Sydney, Australia. When this was lit, when it was revealed to the world, fireworks were shot off, exploded overhead. It's estimated that two billion people around the planet saw this image electronically or later in print. The word spread. People were getting online. They were looking uh, at it, uh, and it it was something very popular. It grabbed the attention. Of the planet however very few at that time and probably very few even today know the story behind this word and the intended message this one word sermon had been found in a beautiful copper plate script over 500,000 times on Sydney streets sidewalks, the entrances to railroad stations. And this word appeared in that form, that script, for 35 years around the city. Those going to work would find it in chalk, written where they were walking, but they never for a long time saw or knew who the writer was. The mystery, the fascination grew until one morning a preacher named Lyle Thompson watched as one of his members, a man who cleaned the church, took a piece of chalk, he didn't know his pastor was watching, took a piece of chalk out of his pocket and wrote the word on the church's front sidewalk, the footpath as they call it there. The man's name was Arthur states. When the mystery writer was finally discovered, the Sydney Press nicknamed him Mr. Eternity. But what was his story? Why was he obsessed with this powerful word? As I read about his life, and you can go online, it's it's fascinating to read about his life and how different individuals wrote about him. But I discovered that one pastor who was writing about him actually took his surname, Stace, and turned it into an outline to tell his story. And so this morning, I'm going to borrow that outline. It's not mine. I'm going to borrow it as I share his story, but then we're going to look at the scriptures and the application for us when it comes to eternity the realities of Arthur Malcolm Stace's life are not so different from your reality or mine again I'm an eternal being speaking to eternal beings because God breathed into us the breath of life you have an eternal address So do I. That reality is as apparent, real, as the fact that we're all here together this morning. So let's consider how the ultimate reality of eternity must impact our lives. And that preacher who took the name Stace and divided it into an outline began this way. The S stands for A sinful past. The man that you see uh, on the screen, what was his past? Arthur Stace was born on February 9th, 1885, into a drunken, dysfunctional home in the Balmain slums of Sydney. Young Arthur, his two brothers, his two sisters grew up neglected and in severe poverty. His two sisters, as they got older, operated a brothel, and he was the the lookout. He watched for the police so that he could keep them out of trouble. In time, his parents and siblings died as drunkards and vagrants. Left alone, he learned to survive on the streets, stealing milk from doorsteps, picking scraps of food out of garbage bins, and shoplifting for what he wanted and needed. With no education to speak of, he was illiterate, he found himself in jail at the age of 15. As a teenager, he also became a heavy drinker. By his 20s, he was working as a lookout for illegal gambling dens, and again, his his sister's wicked lives. But God had his hand on the young man who seemed intent on destroying his own life. Now again, I do hope that you'll be thinking of this man's life in light of your own. doesn't matter how religious you are. doesn't matter how religious your family was. I was raised in a Christian home, but you know what? I was headed to the same hell that Arthur was. I'm so thankful God had his hand on my life. Amen. His hand's been on your life, because if Jesus is lifted up, he promised, I'll draw all men to myself. And so, as his life continued, World War One was raging in Europe, And Arthur enlisted in the Australian Army. He was assigned to be a stretcher-bearer in France. There he witnessed the carnage of war, the awful destruction of the human body when weaponry swept over those trenches. He experienced being gassed by the Germans along with his fellow soldiers, and he lost sight in one eye as a result. As soon as he returned to Sydney, though, scarred by war, he resumed his wretched lifestyle. At this point, though, what he was doing was trying to function and forget what he had seen. He would later describe himself as, quote, a petty criminal, a bum, and a drinker end quote. Now, as we think about eternity, we need to remember that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. Say, well, I'm not as bad as him. Yeah, but you weren't any closer to heaven than he was. Either was I. There's none righteous, no, not one. No individual is more of a candidate for hell than the other. Those who have not believed are condemned already. Whether you're a publican, a Pharisee, or someone who tries to live a pure life without Christ already condemned. We have all a sinful past, and we need divine rescue. Would you agree with that? Every one of us. Now, if you don't agree with that, I hope I have your attention, because you have an eternity And if you don't think you need Christ, you're in serious trouble. So please listen carefully. So the S in Stace reminds us of our sinful past. But the T in Stace's surname stands for turning point. One day, Arthur heard that he could get a cup of tea and something to eat at a Sydney church. The church was St. Barnabas's Church on Broadway. By the way, I hope this is an encouragement to those of you who are involved in our food distribution ministry. People are hungry and many times that hunger will bring them to a place where they can have their spiritual hunger satisfied. So, Arthur entered the church and discovered a men's meeting with about 300 men in attendance. It was immediately clear that the men were down and outers like himself. For an hour and a half, the man listened to a gospel message before they received their tea and their food. During the meeting, Arthur looked across the room and he noticed a separate bench. On that bench were men who were clean and well-dressed. There's just something different about them. Their whole demeanor made them stand out from the hundreds of others in the room. Arthur asked a man next to him, and he related later this. He was a well-known criminal, the guy next to him, well-known criminal. And Arthur said, who are they? To which the man replied, I reckon that they be Christians. Arthur responded back, well, look at them and look at us. I want what they've got. Let's just pause for a moment. As we enter a new year, it's necessary to re- be reminded of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man, any person be in Christ, he is a new creature, creation, old things are passed away, and behold, all things become what? New. new. All things new. That's what the scripture teaches. The modern thinking about Christianity is I can profess Christ and I don't need to be different from the world. I don't need to change. My life can just fit in. That is not what the scripture teaches. We cannot let our light shine before the world unless the light of the world is transforming us from within. How we look does matter, Christian. That doesn't mean a suit and a tie on Sunday. But you ought to look good for God and you ought to look like a Christian. What we say does matter. Because the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in us changes all things. A person who professes to be a Christian but is living in sin is a contradiction. I think we need to start recognizing, well, there's a Christian, there's a Christian, there's a contradiction. That's how our Lord sees it. To be in Christ means to be Christ-like. We should not say, well, they love the Lord, but... Because if you love the Lord, you keep His commandments. We can't win the world if we're like the world. And a new year is a great time to take spiritual inventory. And it begins with honesty, humility, and then repentance. Let's be honest your spouse knows, your kids know. Your co-workers know if you reflect Christ or if you're like the world. Ask yourself, has there ever really been a turning point in my life? Heaven's going to be wonderful, but heaven's going to be sobering because in heaven we're going to realize who's not there. It's going to shock us. those who are in Christ are a new creation. Arthur States saw that in a group of men at this men's meeting. He heard the gospel and seeing those Christian men, he knew that the help he needed was Jesus Christ. The day was Wednesday, August 6, 1930, when he heard the message, walked across the road from the church to a park, Repented of his sin towards God and received Jesus Christ as his Savior. He would later testify, quote, I went in to the church meeting to get a cup of tea and a rock cake, but I met the rock of ages, end quote. Stace, a man with a sinful past, who received the turning point every person needs in Christ, then received an anointed message. About ten years later, on a Sunday night, November of 1942, Stace was listening to evangelist John Ridley, who was preaching at the Burton Street Baptist Church in Darlinghurst. That evening, Ridley preached on, here's the title of his message, The Echoes of Eternity. Here was his text, and your Bible is open to the text. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble heart. The idea there is brokenness. To receive this, revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. The idea of reviving is to breathe life into something that is dead. That was the text. Now, in the next slide, you'll see there in Sydney, you can still go there, there is a picture of this verse in the concrete, uh, along with, again... Uh, Arthur's uh, handwritten Eternity, okay, that they've, they've put in metal now. Uh, but this was the verse that really was the impetus, what God used in his heart to have an impact on Sydney and then Australia and, of course, the world. In the message, the veteran evangelist pointed out how the echoes of eternity are heard in creation in the prophets. We've just celebrated Christmas again. Think about how all that the prophets pointed to with Christ's coming look beyond His coming, even His work at the cross, to eternity. How are all nations of the earth blessed? By putting their faith in Jesus Christ so that when they die, and it's appointed unto man once to die, and all of us have an after this, right? So that after this, we're able to spend eternity with the God who created us to be able to fellowship with him forever. And so the echoes of eternity, the evangelists pointed to creation, the prophets, the cross, and ultimately the life of the Christian because of the cross, all of that in light of eternity. Then suddenly, laying aside his prepared notes, Ridley cried with a loud voice, Eternity! Eternity! I wish that I could sound or shout that word to everyone in the streets of Sydney. You've got to meet it! Eternity. Where will you spend eternity? It was clear to everyone, and and he was a very organized preacher who stayed close to his notes. It was obvious to everyone in that message that he had gotten an unction from the Lord and and God had moved him with the reality of eternity. The thought of eternity for those who were still spiritually blind gripped Arthur's heart. He had been shown the light He was ready for eternity, but what about those whose world he knew all too well? What about them? And so for us today, Isaiah the prophet repeats those words, reminding us of the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is what? Holy. He dwells in a holy place. Only those who have his righteousness may dwell in that place with him. How is that righteousness granted? Well, every one of us must come to Jesus with a contrite and humble spirit, understanding, repentance as well. God, here is what you say I am. You're right. I'm wretched, I'm sinful. God, I repent. I return, or I turn from. Lord, I'm sorry. And then they give their life to Christ by faith. I love the Christmas Christmas carol that we sing. In this dark world of sin, where meek souls will receive Him still, the dear Christ enters in. So everyone will inhabit eternity. But will they inhabit it with God whose name is holy? So here's here's my challenge today. As we look at this man's life, each of us will meet eternity. Here's the reality. My eternity may begin before I get to 2024. Same with you. In fact, last night, I was on patrol, hoped to get done at a decent time to get home, get a good night's rest. That didn't happen. Because folks are already giving themselves to drink, and there was drunkenness all over our city last night. Why? Well, a little bit of pleasure. Pleasure. Maybe people are trying to forget. But here's what they're not thinking about, eternity. They're not thinking about where they'll spend it. Let me ask you, where will you spend it? Are you preparing for it? Where will those that you know spend eternity? Quite literally, the C in Stace could stand for called to write." All right. Stace was one of many in that large congregation that night. As he sat taking in the eternal word of God preached by one of Australia's beloved evangelists, he was yet again confronted with sin and its eternal punishment now however his concern was not for himself for his sins had been forgiven now he was concerned for those who were still without Christ that night he surrendered to confront souls about their eternity here's what he said quote eternity went ringing through my brain and suddenly I began crying and felt a powerful call from the Lord to write eternity I had a piece of chalk in my pocket. And outside the church, I bent down right there and wrote it. The funny thing is, before I wrote it, I could hardly write my own name. I had no schooling, and I couldn't have spelled eternity for 100 pounds. But it came out smoothly and in a beautiful copperplate script. I couldn't understand it. I still can't. That was his testimony. And so the E in stace can easily stand for eternal legacy. Just as God used the rod, that walking stick in the hand of Moses to bring God's people out of bondage, God is so great that he can use a piece of chalk in the hand of an illiterate man to remind a nation and a world that eternity is coming. And so he used that piece of chalk to write Eternity on pavements all over the city of Sydney. Arthur Stace would continue to do this for the next 35 years. Several mornings a week, he would leave his wife, Pearl, at around 5 a.m. in the morning, go around the streets of Sydney and chalk the word Eternity where many would see it. Now, this is another reminder for us, if you have a bold testimony, you're going to get unwanted attention. It happened, the city council in Sydney opposed what Stace was doing. Twenty-four times the police threatened to arrest him. However, he would always respond, quote, but I have permission from a higher source, end quote. (laughs) It reminds me of our missions theme for the year. Go and make disciples. How, how can I do that? Well, I have authority from a higher source. Acts 1.8, But ye shall receive power, authority, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Now, in addition to writing Eternity. Arthur also worked as an evangelist. He memorized the scripture. Because he couldn't write, he couldn't really read, and so he would stand, and because of the scripture that he had memorized, he could preach. He would preach on the streets of Sydney. Saturday nights would find him with a loudspeaker on a makeshift podium outside Sydney Town Hall. Preaching to down-and-outers and and those who were living on the streets. He died in 1967 at the age of 82. And these 57 years later, he's been in eternity. What Arthur Stace wrote on a sidewalk outside of a church and over 500,000 times in his life, and what was emboldened on the Harbor Bridge in Sydney Harbor in 2000 is the reality for each of us and every soul walking on this planet. And so the question today is are you ready for eternity? Didn't ask you if you're ready for 2024. You may not get to 2024. But are you ready for eternity? Unsaved friend. To be absent from the body for the Christian is to be present with the Lord. For an unsafe person, there is a certain fearful looking to of judgment. You don't just die physically one time. You die spiritually a second time. And you experience ongoing death for the rest of your existence. And that's eternal. But Jesus came because he doesn't want that for you. In fact, he tasted death. He took death on himself for every individual so that we can spend eternity with him. Now, Christian, if you look at my life, if I look at your life, if we're looking at each other's Facebook pages, if if we listen to each other and what we talk about, what is really important and exciting to us, how much of that reflects that we are eternity conscious? Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust are corrupt and thieves can break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Again, and I talked to other pastors. Pastor Gibson is here this morning. I am so burdened for young couples who are trying to build a kingdom here and everything is focused here. Get your eyes off your screens and get them on eternity. It's coming. It is our certain future. So let's lay aside the weights that so easily beset us and run with patience the race before us looking unto Jesus. Christian, it's also your turn now to remind others that eternity's coming. Live like it. Talk about it. Give God what's in your hand. But use it to Remind people about eternity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the life of Arthur Stace. Lord, this message in no way is intended to exalt him, but the grace of God through him. And Lord, if you could take an illiterate sinner... A wretch like Stace, a wretch like me. Lord, you can save anybody. And you can use those that you save to help others be ready for eternity. Lord, we're fools. We deceive ourselves if we're hearers of the word but not doers. Lord, I believe that you put this message on my heart to remind us, to remind me, God, I need to live every day, every step, looking unto Jesus. Because those who have this hope in them, we're going to see you, that we have eternity with you. Lord, we purify ourselves. And those who are not saved, Lord, they come to you for cleansing, for salvation. So God, do a work here. Would you take your word now that's been shared or drive it home? Would you help us as we close out this year to be willing to respond and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. But Lord, help me to stay focused on eternity. Lord, I don't believe that we can be so heavenly-minded that we're, we're no earthly good. I've yet to meet a Christian that's like that. Most of us, our problem is we're not thinking about eternity. Change that in us that you might change us. Thank you for listening.